We're going to continue here with End Times journey. And as I said to you, I have thoroughly enjoyed this. It's a lot of uh, reading and prepping, but it's, 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 it's awesome. I'm, I'm enjoying this journey. Okay, so we've got a couple of weeks here left in August because I'm away in September. We've got a family wedding on the first weekend of September. Our oldest, well, the oldest grandchild, the oldest niece is getting married. Okay, so it's a big moment. Everyone's coming from all over the world to kind of gather here together as a family. So that first weekend, and then I'm off to the States for a week in September to be with, remember Tony Kim who was with us in September? And there's a conference that's gathering with apostolic guys from around the nations. And I'm really excited about going to something where I'm going to get fed and to be a part of something. So that's in September. I'll be away uh, a couple of weeks there. Okay, so we'll continue this journey and we'll pick it up when we need to a time. But just to recap of what we spoke about through last week. Okay, now just to say, I know this can seem boring if you're not into history. And all the information can be a bit of an overload. But I, I encourage you, go and... Once you've listened to this, go and read the book of Daniel and go and read through it and then the context and understanding it will come together. So as we've been through the book, okay, you'll see what's playing out there is that Daniel chapter 2, 7 and 8 are more or less saying the same thing. Okay, speaking of these four kingdoms, these four empires that will arise and we've seen the visions of it's the Babylonian, Medo-Persian, the Greece and then the fourth kingdom of the, will break down between the Roman Islam kind of option of where the Antichrist will arise out of. Okay, um, and we understand how the third empire in Greece was the rising of Alexander the Great. Then Antiochus Ep- uh, uh, um, Epiphanes kind of arose and he desecrated the temple in Jerusalem, put Greek idols, sacrificed a pig on the altar. This all around 200 BC. But what he was, and, and, and uh, Antiochus uh, Epiphanes was a foreshadow of the Antichrist, of what we will see playing out. Okay, over as time comes out. And I've showed you many maps, okay, of the different regions and empires of their kind of expanse that they took through the times where they had power. And it's important to look at those because you see the prophecy speak about, and he, and he went north and south and east, and it really prophesied into exactly the territories that these guys took ground for. And Alexander the Great particularly, what just was um, a, lot of, a lot of ground taken in a short space of time. Okay, um, the foreshadow of the Antichrist, we went through this last week, but Antiochus Epiphanes, he sees himself as God, sets himself up as a prince of hosts, the prince of the army, prince of war, stops daily sacrifice in the temple and persecutes Jews. All these things that he did is a foreshadow of what the Antichrist will actually do in the final seven years here on earth. Desecrate the temple with pagan gods and sacrifice a pig fulfill requirements of truth thrown to the ground. Yeah, I just that line, just, just think what we're living through right now, how much truth has been thrown to the ground. Yeah. Just, just foundational truths on gender, bam. No, it's this way. Oh. And, and his name means glorious one, assuming he was God. Okay, this is a lot of information, I know, um, as we keep speaking through it. Okay, now we're at chapter 9, and we've gone pretty well from chapter 1 to 8. Chapter 9, I'm going to just hang here this week on this Sunday. What is the time? It's 11. Okay, that's perfect. Okay, chapter 9 basically has three parts to it. It's the beginning part of Daniel recognizing and understanding Israel's fulfillment of their return to their land. So he gets Jeremiah's prophecy, and he says he sees that 70 years that Jeremiah spoke about. Okay, and then the second part of Daniel 9 is Daniel's prayer where he prays this prayer 
before God saying, hear us. We repent. We cry to you. Hear us for our nation. Okay? Um, sorry, let me just give context to this. Uh, this notes here. I must go through this. Je- Daniel saw the prophecy from Jeremiah. Okay, so now what happened with Jeremiah, he was exiled to Egypt. Okay, around the similar time that Daniel was sent. And they're assuming that he died in Egypt. Jeremiah 25, 11 says this. The whole land shall become a ruin and a waste, and these nations shall serve the king of Babylon 70 years. He prophesied this exile before it even happened. Now Daniel has somehow got access to this prophecy, and when you read a little bit further down in Jeremiah, which is this famous verse that everyone knows, now think of the context where this verse was written. Jeremiah 29, verse 11 for I know the plans I have for you. He's, he's prophesying to, Jeru- to Israel and Jerusalem into the context of you're in exile. You seem like a forgotten people. Where is your God now? For I know the plans that I have for you. Plans to prosper, give you a hope and a future. We quote that one all over the place. But see the context of what it's spoken to in the midst of exile. He's saying, trust me, trust me, I'm God. Okay? Now, how Daniel gets this prophecy of Jeremiah, we don't know. It doesn't tell how he got it, but Daniel being a high-ranking official in serving Babylon and then in the Medo-Persian Empire with, uh, under Nebuchadnezzar and now Cyrus and, uh, and Darius, the two kings that kind of operated in that region around that time, somehow this document would have come past him. And he would have referenced and looked at it and gone, that's speaking about us now. And the timing they, they estimate is that he received this in around about the 67th year of that prophecy. And he knew three years to go. And he started then petitioning before God to say, right, you said 70 years. Things will have to change now. And he starts speaking it into order. And he starts believing. And he petitions for the nation and crying and asking God to kind of move. Okay, then we get to Daniel's prayer which is beautiful. I'm going to read that at the end of the sermon, and we're going to pray that prayer from a place of this nation of South Africa. God, you've got a hand upon this nation. We believe you. And we're aligning our hearts. We're stepping in to ask for that. So what he does in this model of prayer, he prepares himself for 21 days. Think about our 21 days of prayer and fasting in February that we do every year. As Daniel was coming before God, knowing this, he prepared himself spiritually. He started fasting. He kind of acknowledging with the sackcloth and ashes. He, he really kind of positioned himself in a way to say, God, I'm doing all that I can to say, right, here I am. Hear the cry of your people. Okay? And he acknowledges the captivity that was due to Israel's sin. He petitions God for an answer. He speaks about the state of the temple that it's been desecrated and there's no one in there implying, like, God, this is your temple. This is your temple where we get to worship you. You, you need to arrange that we can go back and worship you in your temple. Okay, and that's the way he's putting it before to God and speaks about the people in captivity. And then the angel Gabriel comes to visit him and speak to him again. From the previous visions in chapters 2, 7, and 8, where he has the vision of the angel, it's now 11 years later. And that same angel comes back. 11 years. What did he do in 11 years? Time rolled on. I always speak about that dead space where time, where you had you know, time and you had the by and time passed by. You know? But what is he doing in those 11 years? Trusting, serving, being faithful, believing, never letting go, every day praying before God, 
And then bam, this prophecy comes across and he says, right, now I need to ask God and speak to him. So then we get to the rest of the chapter now, which speaks about the prophecy concerning the 77s. Okay, and we're going to read this now and I'll explain and break down what that 77 means. The 77s mean and then the context of what it speaks about. Okay, let's read together. Daniel, well, not together. I'll read. Daniel 9, 24. 70 weeks. Now, this is the angel Gabriel speaking and the, this vision and prophesying to him and say, listen to me, Daniel. 70 weeks are decreed about your people and your holy city, okay, Israel and Jerusalem. Yes, six, six things I make reference to. This is what's going to take place. To finish transgression, to put an end to sin, and to atone for iniquity, and to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal both vision and profit, and to anoint a most holy place or most holy one that speaks about as well. Know therefore and understand. Now what's the highlighted parts? From the going out of the word, meaning from the time the decree went out, to restore and build Jerusalem to the coming of an anointed one, a prince, there shall be. So it's saying this decree will go out to the coming of an anointed one being Jesus. This is what's going to happen first. There will be seven weeks. Then for 62 weeks, it shall be built again with squares and moats, but in a time of trouble. That line there is prophesying over hundreds of years. Okay, we'll keep reading. And after 62 weeks, an anointed one, meaning the Messiah, shall be cut off and shall have nothing. And the people of the prince who is to come shall destroy the city. The prince he's talking about is, is Antichus, um, Antichus Epiphanes. Okay, who is to come shall destroy the city and sanctuary. Its end shall come with a flood, and to the end there shall be war. Desolations are decreed. And he shall make a strong covenant with many. Now he's speaking about the, the, the last Antichrist, the, well, the Antichrist. Okay? And he shall make a strong covenant with many for one week. And for half of the week he shall put an end to sacrifice and offering. Now remember Antichrist did that. This is speaking about the Antichrist right in the end. And on the wing of abomination shall come the one who makes desolate until the decreed end is poured out on the desolation. Remember, Jesus makes reference to the abomination of desolation. And he prophesies when he's speaking to his disciples in Matthew 24, 25. He's making reference to Daniel's prophecies hundreds and hundreds of years before. Okay, so that might seem like mud to you. Okay, it's very simple this. The clarity will come, okay? If we look at the term, the 70 weeks, Okay, when we look at 70 weeks, and I made reference to that point where it says, from the word going out, from the decree of uh, uh, going out, then the time will start, will be played out. Okay, what that decree is, there's many arguments about, well, which decree? Which, which uh, word going out? There's a couple that happened around about that time. There was King Cyrus that put out a decree with the, in the book of Ezra, you can see about coming back to rebuild the walls and the temple. We can also see, well, that's spoken by Daniel 1.21, says, and, uh, said Daniel was there until the first year of King Cyrus. Then it's Darius, the Mede, who was king of Persia. He sent a decree out. Then it's, then it's Artaxerxes around Ezra's time, and then again Artaxerxes to Nehemiah to rebuild the wall. And most believe the decree went out around the time of Nehemiah, the decree around Nehemiah to go and rebuild the walls, which is around about 450 B.C. 
Okay. So from the time that decree going out, there will be, it said there, seven weeks. And then there'll be 62 weeks. Okay, so there's a period of time that it's speaking about there. And let's break down and, and explain what the 70 weeks means. Seven plus two equals 69 weeks, okay, which equals to 483 years. When this reference of weeks in the Bible is spoken about, it actually means years. Okay, so when it says one week, it means seven years. So 70 times seven is 70 uh, times seven in years, making 490 years. Okay, that's, it's easy to see that, but it can be complicated. You're like, whoa, whoa but it's weeks. Okay, so from that decree going out, there'll be seven times seven years, and there'll be 62 times seven years, making 483 years. So for, around Nehemiah, the decree going out, 450 BC plus 483 years gets us to 33 AD which is exactly around, almost around the time when Jesus was crucified. Now remember what the prophecy said? There will be anointed one that will come, okay? But then he'll be cut off. He's already prophesying and speaking about the death of Jesus. He's, he's prophesying that this will happen. A Messiah, an anointed one will come, but he'll be cut off and then there'll be nothing. Okay? And the term nothing is not meaning, oh, it's ended. We know how the plan is played out. See how this prophecy is speaking exactly into almost the days. I mean, David Pawson, there's arguments about time here to try and get it right. You know, you can say it was around 44, 480, uh, sorry, it's, it's, four, it's 448 or something, 444 BC. Look here, it's a couple of years difference. Okay, over 500 years, it's pretty close. And David Pawson goes, it's close enough for me. We're not going to have to get to the exact time and hour and date. He's 500 years ago prophesying that this is going to happen, and almost to the hour and to the, well, to the year took place. Okay, we're not going to argue over a few little things here and there. Okay, just to understand this, the context of years in the Hebrewic context is speaking about a, a year meaning 360 days, not 365 according to Gregorian calendar. Okay, and there's many maths and sums that people do here yeah, looking at how the different kind of work together. But it's all basically worked upon a year being 360 days in the Hebrewic understanding and calendar, which means it confirms what we will we'll read later in Revelation when it speaks about the 1,260 days. That is speaking about reference to the final seven years. 1,260 days means 42 months. Okay, and 42 months gives reference to three and a half years. Okay, you're tracking with me? You're following? Okay, which confirms that saying time, times, and time and a half. Okay, time, times, and a half a time. That means three and a half years, means 42 months, means 1,260 days. That's what that reference, every time you read it in the Bible, that's what it's speaking about, that's what it's meaning there. Okay, so just give reference to those seven things. Sorry, there's six major points. Things that will take place. There'll be a finishing of transgression. So once the 70 weeks is done, okay, now remember, um, it's the 7 times 7, the 49 years, plus the 62 times 7, which is 483 years in total together, 49 plus the whatever the sum is there. But there's still seven years to come. Okay, now that seven years is reference to the last seven years on earth as we know it. Okay, Daniel's prophesying and speaking about this time, this final week. So he's saying after these 70 weeks, we've seen 69 weeks go by. 
We are waiting for the fulfillment of the final week. Okay? There's, these six things will take place. Okay? The six things are finished transgressions. Okay? Which meaning there will be an end of Israel falling away. They will be restored spiritually and revived at the second coming of Christ. Law and sacrifice couldn't achieve this, so it must be after Christ. They would never be able to finish transgression on their own because the law, they fell short every time. But through Christ and His second coming, it will be fulfilled. We'll finish transgressions. It says they will put an end to sin, Amen. meaning sin brought to forgiveness, or there will be the final judgment of everything taking place. It's speaking about right at the end. Okay, atone for wickedness. Okay, refers both to all um, that was dealt with on the cross by Christ as an application thereof. Atone means to cover, to cover over. Okay, they're atoning for all wickedness. Okay, to bring in everlasting righteousness. Again, speaking about the death of Christ on the cross. Jeremiah prophesies in 23, Jeremiah 23, that you will call him the Lord our righteousness. It's speaking about Christ. It's all making reference to the Messiah that's going to come. Okay, you will seal up the vision and prophecy. This is being a completion of the inspired word of God. By that time when this was written, the Bible didn't exist. These were writings that the men kind of put aside and they used as the Torah for many, many years reading these scriptures. But now we have the New Testament that added. So there'll be the sealing and vision and prophecy of all the word of God will come together. And it says right at the end, don't add to this book, don't take out of it. It's been sealed. This, this final kind of version is set in place was prophesied about hundreds of years ago. Actually, now us thousands of years ago. And to anoint the most holy. Okay, he's been giving reference to the worship of Almighty in a place and a context. Will he, and, and it speaks in the most reference, they say, will be in the new Jerusalem in Revelation 21, where we will worship God in His temple. And we will bow down before Him. And it says, He will see, be seated in His temple. And we will worship Him. So those six things are to come. But it's all through Christ that these things will take place. Okay, so let's look at the three parts of the 70 weeks that it speaks about in that prophecy, the angel Gabriel, okay? The seven weeks, meaning the first part, there's seven times seven. Okay, I'm just repeating so you get the flow of this. 62 weeks, 62 times seven is 434 years. One final week, seven times one is seven years, totaling... 490 years in total. Okay, now each, each of those points, things took place and happened during, that's why it identifies them and separates them out. Okay, in the first part, okay, the seven weeks, meaning the seven times seven, the 49 years, this was a period where from the decree for Nehemiah, Nehemiah sent and the people went back, describes when Nehemiah was rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem. Okay, for a period of time, they will rebuild. Okay, an understanding of how that worked is one in ten of the Israelites were required to build a house within the walls of Israel. I mean, within the walls of Jerusalem. Okay, this was fulfilled after the 4950 years of building the walls. So we've seen that prophecy of the 49 years is done, complete. Then the next part of the 62, that he speaks, 62 weeks, meaning the 434 years. And after Nehemiah rebuilt, there will be trouble. There will be a time of trouble. Okay, because we see just 200 years later, there's an arising of this guy, Antiochus Epiphanes, who arrived on the scene and caused chaos and desecrated the temple. But then we see the time of trouble continues because eventually Israel is under Roman rule. Okay, so when Jesus was born, the Romans ruled that area of Israel. But they had freedom to worship 
and to have their process of the temple. And Herod, we understand, I've explained that already, was kind of appeasing the people built on this temple so they can worship and sacrifice God. Okay? And as we see in this 62 weeks, leads right up to the time of the Messiah being born and then cut off to 33 AD when it's estimated where Jesus died. Okay? And atoned for all our sin and paid. Then Jerusalem was destroyed in 70 AD. Now, there's many contexts where people think, well, then the final seven years is being completed because it's done at the destroying of Jerusalem then. And then that, that, that messes up a lot of the play out in Revelation where actually it's no context. This is of that 70 AD destroying of Jerusalem. That is still to come. I know that sounds hectic now, but look what's happening in the Middle East. Look at the brink of war that's playing out there. Okay? Now, that, that, is, that makes sense now. Okay, the final week, look what the chaos that's playing out in the Middle East against Israel, Iraq, Jordan, Syria, all these countries where there's clearly chaos going on. This, is all, this all takes place before the final week, okay, which is to come. Right, so then the one final week that is to come, the seven times seven years, when will this begin? That is the question. When will it be? We have to recognize the signs, the times. There will be key things. I will go more into this. But now we remember the prophecies of Daniel that spoke about the statue and those beasts, the beast that had ten horns and the statue that had ten toes. Okay, those ten are reference to the ten nations that are around Israel that will arise. Okay, in the Middle East that will come and arise against the nation of Israel. These things have to take place. There's rumors, there's signs of that happening. Okay, a ruler will come and destroy the city of Jerusalem. He will make covenant with a peace with Israel, but then after three and a half years, he will break that covenant, and he will then put wicked ways in place instead of order. Speaking about the Antichrist in the final seven years, there's a lot. There's more here. There's a lot that has to take place first. Okay, and understanding the context of the Antichrist too, then you can't label Barack Obama, you see, as the Antichrist. Okay, because he doesn't fit. It, it speaks about, and I'll go into this over the next two weeks, to explain to you biblically how the reference, re references to the Antichrist and where the where, will come from. It speaks, he'll come out of Assyria. will come out of Syria. Okay? So we're going to look at those signs and understanding those things that, that play out. Okay, so you, we're getting those seven sevens, the 77s, okay? And I did speak into this last week and saying, consider these things. That in our day and age, okay, Israel is recognized as a country again. So there is a country that people will actually go to war with. Not just the land they conquer. It is ruled and owned mainly, mainly by Israel. Okay, again we speak about the Antichrist will come and destroy Jerusalem, meaning a temple will need to be constructed. And this is possible now because Israel is again a country. I spoke about this last week, the move of one government. Think about this too. Everything the enemy does is counterfeit to what already God's order and plan is. So when Jesus comes and returns, he will be the one king over one government. See what the enemy is trying to be? A counterfeit. God in his order from Genesis 11, where he scattered them across the nations, he set people into their languages and tribes and nations, and he formed the nations. That was his order. Okay, he, and Daniel's prayer, you'll see he prays about that he honors government, and he sets government in place earlier in his book. I think it's in Daniel 2 or 3 where he speaks about that. But then when Jesus comes, he will be the one king, and the government is upon his shoulders. 
that's prophesied in Isaiah about this Messiah. See, what the enemy is trying to do is create a counterfeit to what the plan is of God's already been set in place. You've got to see that. You've got to recognize that, okay? And then this whole multi-faith movement and that. And just on those groups, you know, the, the World Economic Forum, that Klaus Schwab, Schwab and his, his little honcho there that runs with him, He's, he's basically saying Christianity and Jesus, this whole thing's obsolete. That's his language. We're going to move beyond this old time, this old ancient religious stuff. Okay? So what it's breaking down is the power of what we carry through Almighty God. We've got to see those signs and understand that these groups of people are, are, are after power and control through economic, medical, and many other groups, governmental groups across the nations. And I'm not speaking Illuminati. I'm not speaking conspiracy. This is counterfeit from the enemy, and these are references to how we see that trying to be played out in the world today. Okay. And then they all claim, I'm oh, sorry, this multi-faith movement is that Ishmael, okay, this whole multi-faith thing. For us, Ish, Islam didn't come out of Ishmael. Okay, Ishmael was a Gentile, was set apart. We are part of the Gentiles that have been grafted in. Islam came about in, I think it's four or five hundred, through Muhammad having an encounter with an angelic being. Okay? And then the religion of Islam started through this one man's understanding of his enlightenment that he received. And I really feel at some stage I'm going to, I'm going to teach you about Islam and break down how that religion operates and works. You see, who knows it was an angel of light? It might have been a demonic force masquerading as an angel of light. Okay? Think about it. It's not about unity. All these things have come with it. Okay? And we watered down the power of the cross. So next week, next week, now not years, okay? I'm actually saying next week. Okay, not in the next seven years we'll do this. I'm just checking you're listening, you see? Just checking, okay? Next Sunday I'm going to hit chapters 10, 11, and 12. We're going to go through this quickly, okay? There's a lot of information. I encourage you, go pre, pre-read it. Just read it beforehand. It'll help you to follow. I can't read it all. It's too much. It'll take us 30 minutes to read it all and go through everything and together. But it just, again, summarizes and sums up what's already been said in Daniel, what he's already seen. Then the week after that, I'm going to kind of help us to understand what and who the Antichrist is, okay? To see who this... It's going to be a person, not a spiritual cloud in the sky. It's going to be a person that's going to arise. Okay? And now remember we said from the beginning, end times understood by knowing it's not when, okay, but how. And not what, but why. Okay, so we're going to understand how we recognize the signs of the Antichrist, the spirit that's playing out, but it arising. And not who, who's this person going to be, or not what, but why. Because it's biblical, it's been prophesied, it's going to happen. And we need to understand that and how it plays out. Okay, and then I'm going to also break down to you this tussle between Rome or Islam where the Antichrist will arise out of. And I'll give you, I'm going to give you both arguments. It might take more than one week because that's a big argument. Okay, but you've got to understand it. And then we'll see how the, roll, the year rolls out because it's September, October, Christmas. We're there, it's close. Okay, and we'll maybe do a couple more weeks here of this, but I'm going to zone in a little bit, because if you start speaking about the Antichrist, then we're going to start speaking about what we've referenced already, where the prophecies speak about Jacob's trouble and the tribulation, okay? That was prophesied, and Jesus made reference to that. That is speaking about those final seven years, 
then we've got to talk about the, 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 the tribulation. If we talk about tribulation, then we've got to talk about rapture. Okay? When are we going to go? When it happens. That's a good answer. When it happens. But we need to understand. We need to recognize. We need to, to, to dig into the Word, understand what is being said there. Okay? So that we have understanding. We're building a reference into our hearts and lives. Because I felt it in your hearts this morning. The moment I started speaking about Maranatha, come. Come, Jesus. All your hearts were set to, there's coming a day where it's going to be perfect. There's coming a time. You see, that's, that's the longing in our hearts. It's this longing, knowing, man, but look at the mess we're dealing with. But you know what it's all come down to? One little word with three letters. It's not even a four-letter word. I mean, it's not even a four-letter word. Three letters. Sin created all this chaos. Okay, and we learned yesterday, we don't live from the place of sin and trying to be clean. We are clean before God. We live as sons and daughters. And that's the arising of a people of God. Okay, so that's chapter 9, summed up. If you guys have got questions, message. We can talk. We can go through that. But I had to lay the foundation as we finish Daniel, and then we'll open up other prophecies and then hit the easy book of Revelation. Okay, we're just like, bam, easy. But to understand end times, we had to do Daniel first because it's the most accurate. You'll see in chapter 11, the history that plays out there is the most accurate. That's why people said it's impossible that he knew that. It's impossible. That he knew these almost referencing kings and times and working out to the exact kind of moments in time. It's, it's unbelievable how God played it out together. But what I want to finish with this morning is I want to read Daniel's prayer. Okay, uh, it's so long. It's just, it's a few slides, but, uh, but I want to reference at the end. And I want you in your hearts now to understand as, he's, as this prayer is being prayed, your hearts agreeing with it for this nation. Agreeing that God, you do a work in this nation of South Africa. And it's not going to happen by us sitting back and say, God, do it. Daniel had to stand up. He had to ask. He had to believe. And then all the prophetic, Ezra's, Nehemiah's, Esther's, all these people around there, they saw the fulfillment and the movement. The big honches are moving. What is happening? Yeah. Okay. And uh, there was a movement of a people making a rise to rebuild stuff. We are rebuilding in the spirit of this hour and this time of what God is doing. Just to finish off here, and we're going to read Daniel's prayer, okay? But this year, you, you don't know this, but this year has been turmoil in my heart for the last few months. Because we start in January, and I go to this thing of 300 men. February, we launch one accord. Then you know, I was in PE in, um, with the company of prophets. And the weight of this nation, in a sense, and then launching one accord, I'm like, God, what am I to do? I don't know what to do. And it was like clear as mud for me. But I had to just keep going. Keep believing. God, you speak. And then the pressure of people, like, what, what are you doing about one accord? What's happening? Just wait. Just wait. And then this nation, and of like being asked to lead the pastors around South Africa. I'm like, really, God? Why? And I had to settle it in my heart, and I had to wait. And there's the hardest period with the things of God. Wait. And then about a month ago, it snapped. I was like, I've got it. I feel the wind in my sail. I feel the spirit now blowing. I'm not doing it out of my own strength. I'm not doing it because I have to. I'm not doing it because I want to. I'm, not doing, I'm doing it because the spirit is leading me. And then from that place, all of a sudden, now there's my confidence. Not in my ability, 
Not in, oh, wow, what a nice guy. Uh, we'll make him that guy. No, it's God positioning. And this is the same for you, God positioning. We, as a church, have carried with stuff for years. And at a time, God comes and he breaks through. It's, the, the power is patience and waiting on God to do. Amen? And we're going we're gonna to pray this prayer, and I'm going to read it out, but I want you in your heart, we are focusing for this nation of God. Because if we just sit back and be silent, we are, we, are, we are all going to fall away and suffer. But if a people arise and stand with righteousness and justice, we will see good things playing out. And it's each one of us taking our place as we take hands. And this is, Robin came to me in the worship about healing. What, this is what the healing is. We are asking God for healing for our nation. And it's going to come through us, His people. Amen. So let's read this prayer together. This is Daniel. He said, I prayed to the Lord my God and made confessions saying, Oh Lord, the great... Do you want to do it together? It's long. Do you want to do it together? Okay, let's do it together. Okay. Oh Lord, the great and awesome God who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love Him and keep His commandments. We have sinned and done wrong and acted wickedly and rebelled, turning aside from your commandments and rules. We have not listened to your servants, the prophets, who spoke in your name to our kings, our princes, and our fathers, and to all the people of the land. To you, O Lord, belongs righteousness, but to us open shame, as at this day to the men of Judah, to the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and to all Israel, those who are near and those who are far away in all the lands to which you have driven them because of the treachery that they have committed against you. To us, O Lord, belongs open shame to our kings, to our princes, and to our fathers because we have sinned against you. To the Lord our God belong mercy and forgiveness, for we have rebelled against him. And we have not obeyed the voice of the Lord our God by walking in His laws, which He set before us by His servants, the prophets. All Israel has transgressed your law and turned aside, refusing to obey your voice. And the curse and oath that are written in the law of Moses, the servant of God, have been poured out upon us because we have sinned against him. He has confirmed his words, which he spoke against us and against our rulers who ruled us by bringing upon us a great calamity. For under the whole heaven, there has not been done anything like what has been done against Jerusalem. As it is written in the law of Moses, all this calamity has come upon us Yet we have not entreated the favor of the Lord our God, turning from our iniquities and gaining insight by your truth. Therefore, the Lord has kept ready the calamity and has brought it upon us. For the Lord our God is righteous in all the works that he has done, and we have not obeyed his voice. And now, O Lord our God, who brought your people out of the land of Egypt with a mighty hand 
and have made a name for yourself as at this day we have sinned we have done wickedly O Lord according to all your righteous acts let your anger and your wrath turn away from your city Jerusalem your holy hill because for our sins and for the iniquities of our fathers Jerusalem and your people have become a byword among all who are around us now therefore O our God listen to the prayer of your servant and his pleas for mercy and for your own sake O Lord make your face shine upon your sanctuary which is desolate O my God incline your ear and hear open your eyes and see our desolations and the city that is called by your name for we do not present our pleas before you because of our righteousness but because of your great mercy O Lord hear O Lord forgive O Lord pay attention and act delay not for your own sake O my God because your city and your people are called by your name we glorify you Jesus we glorify you mighty God and Lord we say that prayer as a decree this morning over this beautiful nation of South Africa so many promises over this country so many things that we hope and believe for we know oh God hear the prayer of your people this morning we know many have sinned we know our president knows your name but he's turned against you O Lord he's obeyed other gods and Lord we're hearing our prayer we ask not in our own righteousness Lord but because of your great mercy you would reach out your hand across this nation of South Africa and we say in our hearts this morning we will arise we will stand united as a people called set apart by the Almighty God to make a stand for this nation we will not let it go to ruin we will not let it fall apart we will stand firm and hold together as righteousness and justice will prevail in this day and this hour so we thank you Lord that you've never lost a battle we thank you Lord that you've never backed down from anything you'll never leave us you will never forsake us your promises are true to us and that is the assurance that is the confidence we stand upon for our own lives for our city and for this nation Lord Jesus we respond to your name almighty God hear our prayers and so father we pray you part us with your blessing here today maybe carry in our hearts a true sense of hope and purpose for our own lives and for this nation and we arise together as one in the name of Jesus we pray amen and amen 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 have an amazing week yes hallelujah